Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. I am so excited to get into God's Word here today to be able to get into this series of messages again. We have been going through this series called God Is. Today is the sixth message in the series, and what we've been looking at through it is the names of God. What does the Bible say about the names of God? The different names that God uses or is used about God in the Bible give us different insights as to his, his uh, character, his, his heart. Um, his, his desires. It helps us to understand deeper who he is. And that's what we're going to do again today. We're just going to understand more who God is. It's kind of like picking up a diamond and turning that diamond. And every time you turn it, you see a different facet of the diamond. And that's what the names of God are. It's like turning it and seeing God from a different angle. It reminds me of that. Um, uh, if you were in, in school, you remember maybe in psychology, they looked at these, uh, these uh, drawings and there was this famous optical illusion drawing. And you looked at it one way and it looked like a beautiful woman and you looked at it from a different perspective and you could see an old woman in it and it was the same in the same drawing. Not saying that God is an old woman by any means, it is understanding that the different ways you look at God, you see him from a different perspective. All of this comes down to what God wants us to do, and that is to know him. In John 17, uh, 31, it says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one and only true God, and Yeshua, the Messiah, the one who you sent. If you don't, aren't familiar with that name, Yeshua, it is the Hebrew name for Jesus. That is the actual name of Jesus. Jesus, we have that name translated uh, into English, but the name is actually Yeshua. This is the desire that you will know him. So thus far in this series of messages, we have learned and met God as Elohim. He is the creator God. And that was from the very first line of the Bible, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We learned that God is Yahweh, the yod heh vav Hey in the Hebrew language, which is the eternal, the unchanging, the promise-keeping God. We met God as Adonai. He is the ruler. He is master. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. We also met him as El Shaddai, the almighty God, the immovable God, and the caregiving God. And then we last learned him as the Yahweh Yirah, or Jehovah Jireh, you will see that often translated. Yahweh Yireh, meaning the God who sees and the God who provides. The God who sees your faithfulness and the God who provides in response to that faithfulness. A good example of that is in the life of Noah. God saw in the life of Noah in a very corrupt world, a very corrupt society, he saw Noah who was obedient, who had a heart for God, who walked with God, and as a result of that, God provided for him the protection for the wrath of God from the wrath of God that was going to come. Today, we are going to learn and meet God as our banner. Let's pray as we get into this today. Father, we are in a battle. 
Every one of us face battles. We don't face battles against flesh and blood, but we are facing battles against the powers and the principalities of this present darkness. We are facing the spiritual forces of wickedness, and we are battling every day. There are some of us today that are in the battles of our lives, battles for maybe our own hearts, battles for our marriage, battles for people that we love, battles for our children, battles for our community, battles for our country, battles from addictions that we are facing. Lord, we are in battles and we need you as our banner to be able to fight the fight that is before us. I pray, Father, that we would understand who you are today through the name that you gave to Moses in Exodus 17, indicating that you are our banner. I pray, Lord, that this would be an encouraging time for many in this place. There are many that are right now maybe feeling overwhelmed or feeling discouraged or feeling like they can't measure up, feeling like they just want to run away. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us and strengthen us and embolden us to fight the battles that are before us. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So the story goes like this. There was a man, and he was running through the jungle. As he was running through the jungle, there was a lion that was chasing him. The man could sense the lion getting closer and closer to him. The man knew his life was going to end, and so he was praying as much as he possibly could. The only thought that came to his mind was this, Lord, please make this lion a Christian. Well, suddenly, miraculously, this lion skidded to a halt. The guy heard the commotion behind him, looked back, and he found the lion on his knees with his paws folded in the air, with his head bowed, starting to pray. The man thought God had answered this prayer in a miraculous way. The man approached the lion, and he knelt down on his knees as well, and he began to pray. Well, he heard the words of the lion, because now this lion had become a Christian. He heard the words of the lion say this, Thank you, O Lord, for the meal that I'm about to receive through your bounty in Christ our Lord. That's a goofy story. But some of you today feel like you are being chased by a lion. The lion is hot on your tail, and you don't know what to do. Instead of running away, you're tempted to turn and fight. If that's how you're feeling today, this message is a great message for you. God is our banner. It comes out of the idea of Exodus chapter 17, verse 15, that says this, Then Moses built an altar and called the name of the altar that he built Yahweh Nissi. We have learned God and met God as our creator, as our promise keeper, as our master, as our king of kings, lord of lords, as the immovable one, as the caregiving God, as the God who provides. But today we need to understand him as Yahweh Nissi. The word Nissi or Nisi that you'll hear it pronounced is the Hebrew word that means this. It means a banner. It means a pole, a staff an insignia that's attached, something that is lifted up to be seen far off, a standard, a signal that is lifted or raised. What a banner was or what a nissi was in those days is the banner that would be raised before an army that was going to go out into battle. As the army was marching out into battle, 
You couldn't see the army from a long distance away, but that army would be carrying a pole with a banner across the top, and the banner would be a certain color, have a certain insignia, and the banner would indicate who the army is. You could see the banner from a long way, and you knew what forces were coming against you. The word Nisi is just the banner of God. It is the lifted up name of God, the insignia of God that is raised or lifted over the army. Now today I want to look at the story of Moses out of Exodus 17 and why they came up to this name of God as Yahweh Nisi. By the way, If you've never studied the book of Exodus, it's one of the most important books you could ever study in the Bible, one of the most important out of the Old Testament. I would highly encourage you to go back and read the book of Exodus, read all of the Bible, but especially start, read Genesis, read Exodus, and you'll get a better understanding of why this is so important. There's a context involved in this idea of Yahweh Nissi. What does it mean that God is our banner? How does that apply to us? How does the story then apply to the story today of our lives? What does it mean to fight? What does it mean when the lion is chasing you to turn and face down this lion and fight against it? What does it mean to not run away? What is God calling us to and what is the power in this name of God? Well, today... I'm going to break this story down out of Exodus 17 into three parts. So I'm going to give you three points, three sections that relates to not only the story then, but to our stories today. And then I want to wrap it up with a final point about how it ultimately is fulfilled in the person of Jesus, in the songs even that we sang today. Here is point number one, and then I'm going to invite you to turn to Exodus 17, where we're going to pick up our story in chapter 8. Point number one is this, God calls us into battles. God calls us into battles. We have battles. Every one of us has been in battles, will be in battles, are going to be in battles. We will be facing battles of times of persecution as end times events ramp up and come this way. We'll be facing battles in our country, battles in our culture. Some of us are facing battles for our marriages today. Some of us are facing battles over our kids today. Some of us are facing battles over addictions today. You're facing battles at your jobs today. There's battles that God calls us into to not run away from. The ultimate battle is that of good versus evil, of light versus darkness, of right versus wrong, of morality versus immorality. But God calls us into battles. The church in America has become weak. It has become impotent in America. We don't fight the battles anymore, but God is calling us to stand up and fight these battles. In the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verse 8, it starts with these words. Then... The Amalekites came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. I want to stop right there because you have to understand the context of the story to really understand what this battle is all about. The context of the story goes back several years and it's in the life of Moses. Moses was called by God to be the deliverer of the people. God has never liked to see his people in bondage, in oppression, or in slavery, and he longs to set his people free. It's the same process of redemption that he does to us today. He doesn't like seeing people in bondage to sin and slavery to sin, in oppression to sin. He wants to set us free. 
God sees the people of his people, the Israelites, they're in bondage in Egypt. And so he sees Moses, and he's going to call Moses to be the deliverer of the people. He has an encounter with Moses, and you may remember that when we talked about Yahweh. Moses is walking along. He sees a bush that is on fire and burning, but it's not being consumed. It's not burning away. Moses turns and looks at the bush, and God speaks to him out of the bush to get his attention. As he gets his attention, Moses realizes, uh, and God says to him, you're standing on holy ground, take off your sandals. God, uh, Moses approaches God, and Moses says, or God says to Moses, I want you to set my people free. Moses comes up with some objections. The first objection was this, who am I that I could possibly do this? Now, many of you can relate to that because often you will say to God, well, who am I? I've messed up too much. I don't have any talents. I don't have any abilities. I'm inadequate. It's the same thing that Moses says. Who am I that you would choose to use me? God says, it's not about you, Moses. It's about me, and I will be working my power through you. Second objection that Moses has is, well, what is your name? Who, who are you? Not just who am I, who are you? And God says to him, I am who I am. That's the name Yahweh, the promise-keeping, the never-changing, the covenant-keeping God. This is who I am. I will be with you. You go before the people on my behalf. Moses comes up with a third response or a third objection to God's calling and the third objection was this, I don't have any power, I don't have any authority, how am I going to do this? God does an incredible thing. He says, Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses says, it's a staff. God says, throw the staff down on the ground. Moses throws the staff down on the ground and it instantly turns into a snake. And the next line says, Moses ran away. I would do the same thing if I was in Moses' shoes if it had turned into a snake. I hate snakes with a passion. It turned into a snake. He runs away, and God says, no, no, wait a second. Grab the snake by the tail. He didn't tell him why. He just said, grab it by the tail. Moses grabs the snake by the tail. It instantly turns back into the staff. He says to Moses, this is the power. This is the authority. You go in my authority, my name, my power. I will be with you. Moses goes to set the people free. He goes before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh trots out his magicians before Moses and does an incredible thing. The magicians of Pharaoh throw their staffs on the ground and they also turn into snakes. Moses takes his staff throws it down, it turns into a bigger snake that consumes the snakes of the magicians, which is, in my mind, a drop-the-mic kind of moment. It just consumed it. It's the authority and the power of God. That's the second time the staff has been the representation of the authority and the power of God. Well, Moses is very hard-hearted. Moses or uh, Pharaoh does not. I'm sorry. Pharaoh is very hard-hearted. He does not want to relent. He does not want to release the people. Finally, a couple of plagues later, he does. After he lets them go, the Israelites come to the edge of the Red Sea. Pharaoh changes his mind. Says we can't let them go. He comes after them at the Red Sea. They hear the sounds of the horses and the chariots behind them and the army coming after them. They're panicked. They don't know what to do. Moses takes, again, the staff, uses the staff, and the sea parts before them. 
They walk through on dry ground. Once they are through, Pharaoh's army tries to come through. The sea collapses, kills them all, and now they are set free. And now, with that background, right after they have been set free, now they face another foe. Because now it is not Pharaoh and his army. Now it is the Amalekites and the army of the Amalekites that are coming against God's people. They have just been set free. And now they are being called into another battle. I thought it was going to be easy after I became a Christian. I thought all of my problems were going to go away. I thought it would be smooth sailing from this time forward. Yet, as soon as I got set free, now I'm facing a new battle and a new challenge. And it's not the only one they would ever face. In fact, they would face a lot more challenges and battles as they move forward. Let's keep going. Verse 9. Moses said to Joshua... Choose men, go out and fight the Amalekites. Now now note, God calls them into this battle. He did not call them to negotiate. He did not call them to run away. He did not call them to just appease, throw a bunch of money at, negotiate with these people. He didn't do any of that. He said, you go into battle. Joshua, go ahead, choose men, fight the Amalekites. And then he says this, Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Do you know that there are battles that God calls us into that you can't escape? You can try to run away, but in your running away, it will make things far worse. God calls us into battles of all kinds. Of, uh, all kinds. We, we are called to honor people, to love people, to care about people, but we are also called to stand for God's truth and not back down. There are battles that he calls us to face. And in this particular case, he says, you go fight. And I will stand on the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Again, this is the next time that the staff of God plays a role in the freeing of the Israelites. I'm not saying that the staff is magical. I'm saying that the staff represents the power and the authority of God as they go into the battle. See, we battle every day. But our battles are not physical ones like the physical Amalekites, but we do face the Amalekites every day. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 6. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Saying you're going to fight a battle. Stand in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be mighty in the Lord with the armor of God and fight the battle that you are facing. He says, goes on to say this, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist when the times are evil. And after having done everything to stand firm, stand firm then. He says, do this when the times are evil. Do we live in evil times? Yeah. 
are the times seemingly getting more evil? Is there, we've always had sin in the world, but it seems like there has been an explosion of corruption and violence. There's been an explosion of sexual perversion. There has been an explosion of sin and hard-heartedness in the minds and the hearts of people. We are in evil times, and we've got to be prepared to battle. It says, take up the full armor of God. What was the full armor of God? It was the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. It was, it was the shoes and the leg armor that's going to help you, help you trod and run and fight and stand firm. It was also the helmet of salvation. It was the sword of the spirit. These are the pieces of weaponry. God says, put these on because you're going to be fighting. Paul goes on to say, pray in the spirit on every occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, keep alert with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. God calls us into the battles and he equips us to fight the battle. Moses and the Israelites were facing the Amalekites after they just got set free. And Moses was told, you go fight. And Moses told Joshua, pick out men to fight And I will stand on the hill in the authority of God. And I want you to look to that place. You look to that because that is the battle that we are fighting. And that's the banner that we are fighting under. God calls us into battles. Number two, in this story, we can't battle alone. We absolutely cannot battle alone. There are no such thing as lone ranger Christians in this world. We need each other. We need each other. Because we can't fight a battle by ourselves. Verse 10 of chapter 17, it says this, so Joshua did as Moses said and fought the Amalekites while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on the top of the mountain. Now, here's where the problem began to occur. And the problem that began to occur was this. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But as soon as Moses let his hand down, Then the Amalekites began to win the battle. So when his hands were up, Israel was winning. When his hands were down, the Amalekites were winning. Do do me a favor, just real quickly. Raise your hands, okay? Now, I want you to imagine Moses. The context of the story of what Moses was doing is that Moses was there in this battle for 14 hours, So, for the rest of the service today, you have to keep your hands raised. Wait a second. Half of them just dropped. Come on. Can you imagine Moses? He's up there. I'm tired. I'll I'll lift one hand. Maybe half of the army will win. I'll lift the other hand. How hard would that be? I remember going to some worship events. I I went to a a Promise Keepers in Minneapolis, Minnesota with a group of guys from our church. Uh, It was a church in Sioux Falls when we lived there. And we went, we took a whole bus of guys up there to this event. And we started singing in that time of worship at this Promise Keepers event. And pretty soon, guys were holding their hands up. So everybody held their hands up because somebody held their hand up. So we were all holding our hands up. And we sang a song, and nobody put their hands down. And then we sang another song, and nobody put their hands down. And then we sang another song, and nobody put their hands down. And it was like 45 minutes later. We were still singing. Hands were raised. And you know that burn that you start to feel in the back of your arms? That's what I was feeling. We're called to stand in God's authority, but 
Moses could not do it alone. Remember, Moses was not up there alone. He held his hands up, and they were winning. He put it down. They were losing. He knew for 14 hours, I cannot do this. So what happened? Well, it says that Moses' hands grew, grew, grew heavy, so they took a stone, they put it under him so he could sit on the stone, and he sat down, and Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side, so his hands were steady until the sun went down. You, you, that, that is the most incredible picture, because every one of us need Hand holders. Now, guys, I know that sounds weird. Hand holders. You need people in your life that when you are feeling the most weak can rally around you and hold you up in the midst of your battle. Have you been in battles like that that you have felt so weary and so weak? Like, I just, I can't keep my hands up anymore. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep going. I'm done. And you have a person or two or three, and they gather around you, and they say, we will hold your arms up for you. God has designed us for relationship. We are not meant to do life on our own. I know relationships can be messy. I know people can be frustrating. I know the church is not perfect in any way. I know that there are problems, that people have problems, that we bring problems in, but we are better together holding up each other's hands than we are trying to do life alone. God has called us to support each other the same way that Aaron and her stood on the sides of Moses and held up his arms. In the Bible, there are many references to this phrase, one another. In fact, I would encourage you to do a word study on the phrase, one another. You're going to see it used many, many times, especially in the New Testament, especially in Paul's writings where he's going to encourage one another. He's going to talk about this one another relationship. Here's a couple of examples. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. In James 5.16, James says, confess your sins, your offenses to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. See, we need each other in life. I, I picture it this way. It's kind of like in the African plains. Picture the Serengeti. You have a lions or lionesses that are hunting there in the Serengeti and they always seem to go after the zebras or the wildebeest. Those are the two main sources of prey. Zebras and wildebeests are animals that stay together in herd. Lions will always go after the ones that they can separate out from the herd. Why is that? It's because in the herd, there's protection. In the herd, there's safety. In there's herd, there is connection and closeness. There's a sense of community. But if I can get them isolated outside of the herd, if I can get them removed from the herd, then they're easy prey and easily to be attacked. God wants us to be protected in the herd, and Satan is out there like a roaring lion trying to, to split you off from the herd so that you're easily attacked. The times in my life that I have been under the most attack, the times in my life that I have been just pounced on the most, or the times in my life where I have been trying to do it all on my own. Again, the herd is not a perfect herd. Whatever church you belong to, if it's this church or another church, it's not a perfect church. It will never be a perfect church. 
But there is protection and there is safety and there's building each other up and there's holding up each other's arms to be able to face the battles that we are in. God calls us into the battles, but we cannot battle alone. Number three, the third part of this story is the most important one, I believe, and that is this. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. God is the one who fights this battle. He is the one who gives victory over the battles. When I am in battle, I remember I am to be protected, putting on that full armor of God, making sure that I am protected, but the battle belongs to the Lord. He will be the ultimate one who will fight. Exodus 17, the story ends this way. So Joshua overpowered the Amalekites and his army with the edge of the sword. Why? Because the staff of God was the authority of God. It was the power and the presence of God. The staff of God was there, the banner of God. They conquered over the Amalekites. Adonai said to Moses, write this. Write this story, write this encounter for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the hearing of Joshua. Literally, it means take these words and stick them in the ears of Joshua. You need to be reminded of this. You need to remember this. You need to not forget this. Your next generations need to remember this. For I will utterly blot out the memory of the Amalekites from under heaven. Then Moses built an altar, and he called the name of the altar, the name that we are studying today, he called it Adonai Nissi. Now remember, anytime you see the capital word Lord or the capital word Adonai, it's really referencing Yahweh. So the better interpretation is he called the name of it Yahweh Nissi. They did not want to use the name of the Lord because it was so reverent and holy but that is the literal definition of the capitalized Lord or capitalized Adonai. Then he said, by the hand upon the throne of Adonai, Adonai will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. What is, what is the Nissi? The Nissi is the banner. It is the symbolism. It is the power of God when we go into battles. When you are battling in your workplace, you are battling under the banner of God. When you're battling for your marriage and you are committed to the Lord in this marriage, you are battling against the forces of the enemy in the name of God. You go under the banner of God. You go under his Nissi. When you are battling over the addiction that is tearing at you, this lion that is chasing you, you're battling this addiction. You are battling under the banner of God. That's the flag that flies over the troops, the army, the military as we go into those battles. The battle belongs to the Lord. Don't be surprised when you encounter these kind of battles. These battles happen all the time. They happened to the Israelites as soon as they got set free. They got set free and no longer had they gotten set free and now they're in another battle. Battles will happen. They happen all the time. They happen all around us and we have to fight in the name of the Lord our God. See, you're going to encounter Amalekites in your lives. God has promised that I'm going to take care of this from generation to generation but we don't escape those battles. 
The Amalekite battles that we face today are not literal physical battles most of the time, but they are the battles against the spiritual forces of wickedness in this world, in a time that is evil. And we have to be prepared to fight. The battle belongs to the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, Adonai says to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Psalm 24, verses 7 and 8, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? Adonai, strong and mighty. Adonai, mighty in battle. Psalm 60, verse 6, to those who fear you, God, you gave a banner to be unfurled before the archers. To those who fear you, not those who are, who are walking constantly intimidated by God, but those who have this, this overwhelming adoration, respect, and reverence for God. God does not want you to be afraid, terrified of him, but he doesn't want you to be too comfortable with him either. Recognize that he is fully God. He is the creator. He is El Shaddai. He is the almighty God. That banner unfurls over us. And so when you go to work, when you go home, when you pray for your kids, when you fight cultural things that are going on, when you pray for your country, you are fighting underneath the banner of God. He is our Yahweh Nissi. One final point. Finally, Jesus is the ultimate banner. I want to connect these verses with you from what I have just said to what Jesus said about himself. In Isaiah 11.10, this is a prophetic statement about the future Messiah. This prophetic statement says this, it will also come about in that day that the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. Who is the root of Jesse? The root of Jesse is a reference to the coming Messiah. Jesse was the father of David. That was the line that the Messiah would come out of. He is talking about a future Messiah. This was written after the time of David and Jesse even being there. A future Messiah that will come, that will be the banner for all of the people. What is the banner? You look up to the banner. You are fighting a fight and you look up and you see, wait a second, I am fighting in the name of God. He is my Nissi. He is my banner. I am fighting for him. You look up and you see that and you're gonna look up and see that the one who you're fighting under is the Messiah. Now, Jesus himself said it this way. Jesus said in Gospel of John, John chapter 12, verses 31 and 32. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Who's the prince of this world? That is Satan himself. The prince of this world will be driven out. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. The prince of this world will be driven out. And Jesus says, as I am lifted up on the earth... I will draw all to myself. What is he referencing there? He's referencing many things. 
He's referencing going to the cross, hanging on the cross. There was a lot of stuff associated with hanging on the cross. There was a lot of curse involved with hanging on the cross. But he is also referencing the fact of Isaiah 11, that he will be the banner that you look up to and you realize that I am underneath him. I am fighting in the name of Jesus. Jesus is my banner. Jesus is the one that I look to. Jesus is my source of salvation. Jesus is the way that I am going to be able to deal with life, the fights and the battles that I have in life. That is what Yahweh Nissi means. So how does this all apply to us here today? Well, let me relate it this way. We all have battles. Some are big and some are little. Some are overwhelming and some are just everyday events. We all face battles of varieties of types. We face battles in our families. We face battles in our friendships. We face battles at our work and our job responsibilities. We face battles in our community. We face battles in our culture. We face battles in our nation. There is a worldwide battle that will come. Christians around the world are giving their lives for the sake of Christ. When they are giving their lives, they are fighting in the name of Jesus, who is their Nissi. He is their banner over them. Their colors are set. Their colors are distinguishable. Their insignia is set. That's the battle that they are fighting under. The banner that flies over their lives. We face battles, but we do not face them alone. The battle belongs to the Lord. Number two, we have to have other people in our life. You can't do it. I can't do it by myself. We need people who we are connected to, who will come alongside of us when we feel at our absolute weakest and say, I will hold your arms up for you. You ever had that moment in life where that has happened? You felt the absolute weakest and somebody just holds up your arms and you're able to keep going. We need each other. God has this in his hands. The battle belongs to him. We will fight these battles, yes, but we fight them in the name of the Lord. Do you know God as your Yahweh Nissi today? Let's pray as we close. Father, there are some today that are facing a battle. They're in a battle. They're waging war today. It feels overwhelming to them. Maybe it feels impossible to them. But Lord, you are there. You've called them into the fight that they're in right now. You've called them not to run away, not to cower, not to negotiate, not to try to appease, but be willing to fight the fight. Lord, I realize and recognize that we can't fight that fight without you being the banner over our life, but also without putting on that spiritual armor that we need to be wearing. So Lord, daily help us to put on that armor of God. As we leave the house, Lord, help us to do so fully clothed in the armor that you provide. As we go into our workplaces, as we go into a hostile world, help us to do so with your armor wrapped around us. 
We thank you that you are our Yahweh Nissi. You are our banner. You fought the fight for the Israelites then, and you keep fighting Amalek from generation to generation today. You fight the spiritual battle before us. We don't have to cower. We don't have to worry because you've got it under your control. Lord, thank you for meeting with us today. And I pray, Lord, that we would understand and know you as Yahweh Nissi, the Lord, our banner. We pray these things in the ultimate name of our banner, the Lord Jesus, who when he was lifted up, drew all to himself, that we can look up to Jesus as our banner over our lives. We thank you that he was willing to go to the cross for us, that he took upon himself the punishment that we each deserved. He did so because of a love that he has for his people. Help us in return and in response to surrender our hearts, to surrender our lives to your leading and control. Lord, we thank you and we love you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.